The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey, hey, it's Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. You can find Midwest Swing on Twitter at Midwest Swing Pod and Zone Coverage at Zone Coverage. And man, I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren. Across the room from me is producer Justin at I am Justin Bailey. And across the country, co-founder of Zone Coverage at T Schreier 3 on Twitter, Tom Schreier, coming to us from an Uber in Boston, Massachusetts. What's up, man? Not too much. You, uh, if, if I ever go uh, silent here, I've either been killed or in yet another tunnel. But uh, here I am, Boston, in an Uber, heading to Fenway, first time ever at Fenway. And see the Twins and the, the Red Sox three-game series coming up. Hopefully you brought a collared shirt. I think you're supposed to wear those in the press box. Yeah, no, I have. I'm trying to, I'm trying to exhibit class every once in a while. It's tough. It's tough. i got to fake it every once in a while. But, yeah, it's, uh, it should be fun. I'm, I'm curious what it'll be like after seeing it kind of, you know, most of these modern stadiums, uh, you know, around the Midwest or whatever. Uh, at Miller Park, it'll be, it'll be curious what the, uh, the old stadium's going to be like from a – from a press box standpoint. So you're not going to be able to check in until after the game? Yeah, no, I'm not. And uh, and last time I checked in, there was like about 130,000 things that went wrong. And uh, they're they're difficult to get through after you've <laughs> been at the game, done all your work, and then uh, show up at a hotel in Chicago at like 2 a.m. But um, it's always an adventure on the road. We've done it a little bit. We should say, you know, I was in Chicago. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do a show last week because of some personal stuff for you, Brandon. Right. Because Diamonds didn't want to do like a six and a half hour show in our studio, and uh, because uh, because of some of the stuff in my schedule. But I was in Chicago, and that's why you see a lot of stuff from you know with that Dateline on it. Uh, I'll be in Boston, obviously here, and then I'm doing Cleveland, and then we just found out you're doing Kansas City. So yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've obviously put some resources into covering the Twins this year. Obviously, you know, kind of a, I think we'll look back and be like, this was a, a not so season. I think we even realize it right now. But, um, but yeah, we're trying to cover them to the finish and see kind of, you know, how far. Twins 85 and 52 coming into today. Or ex, yeah, I almost said that wrong. 85 and 52 coming into today's game. I had them winning 86 games this season in my preseason column. So, Tom, I, they're probably going to get there before the end of this Boston series. Not bad, huh? A lot of people honestly sat in that 84 to 86 range, I think. And, uh, you know, it's not a combination they had a lot of young guys they really expected to be. Uh, you know, impact, you never know with younger guys. You had Rocco coming in, first-year manager. Um, there's just so many variables. You know, you didn't really know what you'd get out of these veterans. And, and enough of it came together, obviously, for this kind of magical season for the Twins. Um, so I don't think... You know, I think 86 is actually pretty reasonable, and it just tells you kind of how far this team has come. How much money did you win in your pool for picking that A. Ray Adrianza would be the guy who broke the home run record? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I, you know, he's he's kind of a fun player. I, I kind of thought you were getting like Pedro Formon, basically, mm-hmm. when, when he came over, maybe a little bit harder hitting. Um, I, you know, I think part of it is, is that obviously you get pitchers who are flustered, who, you know, they get through the scotland and maybe let up on Adrian a little bit. I think it's also he's developed as a player, and that's all his, you know, I think he tweeted this about 600,000 times this year, but progression is this linear. And, and uh, you know, a guy like him who, who doesn't come in with a lot of claims still can be an impact player. 
uh, two balls out of the park. I think in the mission, even it, I think we're going to get what he's in the spotlight right now. And the guy in Mexico was like, I don't pick. There was a lot of hype, but he seemed to be kind of in that niche crowd that really likes the minor leagues and likes it when you see a player come out of kind of nowhere. Um, and, you know, just with a little better approach, he's telling people right now he's just swinging for home runs and he swings for average when he is in New Mexico. Um, you know, a little different approach, a little more launch stuff. He's really improved. And, you know, I don't know, crazy things can happen in a season like this just because the offense is so good. It kind of, everyone has video game numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So Randy Dobnak getting the start tonight against Rick Purcello, Jose Brios and Eduardo Rodriguez tomorrow. And then to close out the series, another evening game, Martin Perez and Nathan Avaldi. Honestly, the big issue that I've seen for Boston this year has been their pitching staff. They have, I believe, 26 pitchers this year and only four have ERAs under four. So the the toughest thing for the Twins this series might be getting to the starters, but it's not exactly the Chris Sales and David Prices of the world. And beyond that, though, their bullpen has a lot of weaknesses outside of like Brandon Workman. Obviously, Craig Kimbrell didn't come back. He's struggling with Chicago, but... They didn't get the band back together so much other than really giving Nathan Avaldi a big contract. What are you expecting to see from these Boston Red Sox? Because my theory is either they're going to roll over and obviously realize that their season is over, or they're going to play like that wounded animal who's fighting for its life and is going to come out and give the Twins their best foot forward in advance of Cleveland meeting the Twins here in the Twin Cities this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still a test. I think there's there's something about kind of mentality around coming out here to Fenway that it's, you know, a good East Coast team. I think it's also any team that has power can kind of mess with the Twins, even in a, a Red Sox in a down year for them. Um, I, you know, I think I think this is actually a great test. If they're going to if they're gonna have success this year beyond the regular season, they kind of play with teams, you know, against teams that, that really have made a name for themselves, mm-hmm. and the pitchers are going to have to hold their own. So, um you know, I think I think as as unfair as it is, I think people kind of take the the offense for granted a little bit, or at least don't you know kind of <laughs> welcome it as much as you, you think. And I think there's so much more focus on pitching. Um, and so I don't know. There, it's kind of funny how the starters now need to catch up in the bullpen, right? It's kind of you know for a while I think the bullpen was the chief concern, and there was enough starting pitching people kind of focus on it less. And I feel like that just has flip-flopped at this point in the season where there's a lot of concern about Barrios, what do you get from Adorizzi, you know, Gibson obviously going through what seems like an awful situation um, with his stomach, you know, and stuff like that. Um, all of a sudden now the bullpen, is, you know, seems like the strength um, on the pitching side. So um, they'll be put to the test. I think it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that the bullpen has come on strong as it has. Got some reinforcements in advance of today's game to Trevor Hildenberger, Fernando Romero, and Ryan Harper joining the team in Boston. Boston, 74 and 63, five and a half games out in the wild card. The Cleveland Indians right now possess the second wild card, but are only one game up on Oakland. The Twins this weekend could knock Cleveland further back in the division race. A sweep would probably all but wrap it up, but. Do you sense the Twins could also really put a dent in Cleveland's wild card chances? I mean, we could be going from seeing this Cleveland team up on the Twins just a few weeks ago to out of the playoffs altogether in the matter of just a few weeks. Yeah, I'm, they did kind of give them a scare. I think you know it'll be interesting. We'll bring, I'm sure we'll bring Chris from Cleveland back on. And We're going to cold call, remember? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to cold call him. It'll be fun. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I think if you look at it from that perspective, from the Cleveland perspective, they'd say they've had a lot of injuries and it's been a trying season for them and they didn't expect the Twins to be that good. Um, I think you probably can't completely put them away until those six games are done, the three in Cleveland, three at home. But the Twins are just taking care of business. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's funny that it came kind of more on the road in those Chicago-Detroit series than at home, where I think people were pretty disappointed with the results, and that team probably was as well. Um, but either way, I mean, the numbers add up. They're starting to create that separation, and I think they need it given, you know, <laughs> that that kind of anxiety isn't good for anyone in Minnesota. Now Cleveland right on the heels, uh, you know, as they go down the stretch, and they're, they're thought should be more, you know, how do you get Brio straight and how to, you know, if a player needs rest or whatever, what do you need to do in order to prepare for the playoffs so the team is as healthy and as productive as possible when those come around. Now we're fully in the depth of September call-ups. I already hinted at the three guys who came up today, but in addition, we've seen Williams Estadio and Lamont Wade Jr. activated from the injured list. Also Byron Buxton activated. He's going to play a little defense, eventually work up to running and possibly bunting and then swinging. I don't know what the timeline is like on that, but I would suspect by like the third week in September, hopefully he'll be up to speed since he can't go on a rehab anywhere because the twins farm systems are all done for the season. But in addition, the twins have added, let's make sure I don't miss anybody here. Basically the entire Rochester express, Devin Smeltzer, Zach Littell, Cole Stewart, Cody Stashak is up. Lewis Thorpe came up with Kyle Gibson going on the IL. Uh, Randy Dobnak making the start tonight. Bruzdar Gratterall getting his MLB debut out of the way. And that seems to be about it as far as guys getting the call up. How much of Gratterall's debut did you see and what did you think of it? Yeah, no, I, I saw it. And I think, it, you know, it's, it's one of those games that you, you tend to kind of, your attention can fade a little bit um, given the opponent and, and what it looks like at that point. But, you know, it's one of those things you kind of perk up and you say, oh, there he is, right? This guy who, uh, you and I both read the minor league ports, you talked about it on the show, we all saw the tweet, 103.8 miles per hour, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But it's still exciting, and it's exciting not only because here's a guy who could help you in October if he can, you know, pitch well at the end of the regular season. But also, what if this is the first glimpse at you know a potential solution for for the starting rotation? I, you know, I think a lot of that stuff will sort itself out, and, and it's hard to predict right now. But what we all saw was 100 miles per hour, and from a Twins pitcher, it's almost as surprising as all these home runs, right? It's like oh, he does actually throw 100 miles per hour. This is some urban myth when, it, when he was like, you know, 17 or something like that. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I like even just the mentality of getting out of that situation. He, you know, he could have kind of panicked. You, you can't expect that from a young player. He's put in a situation where he went to, you know, probably caught the loss or anything. Mm-hmm. But he went out there, did what he's supposed to do. And, and I think a lot for him is going to be mental makeup because he seems to have the stuff. Am, am I wrong to be enthused about the idea that the Twins in this month could see what Trevor Hildenberger is going to give them, is going to see what they're, they're going to see what Fernando Romero can give them, they're going to see what Gratterall can give them. They could have a drastically different bullpen in the postseason than they've had all season long with the idea that they don't have to have a five-man rotation. So the odd man out, whether it's Martin Perez or if Kyle Gibson's not healthy yet, will be either in the bullpen or, or not on the roster. So if, if you don't think, obviously, you know, Blake Harper's not here anymore. Ryan Harper's obviously fallen down the depth chart a little bit. This bullpen could be wildly different than anything we've seen to this point with the potential for guys, especially Hildenberger, who has been very good since coming back from his flexor mass issue. 
I, I'm actually enthused about how this bullpen is going to look in September with the potential that it might be quite a bit different in October and actually give the chance, the Twins a chance to compete where people think they might be falling short pitching-wise against maybe Houston, not so much the Yankees, yeah. but also Oakland. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, depth isn't the most exciting term when it comes to baseball. But, right, right. Um, it's, probably what, it's probably what they need. I mean, this isn't adding, you know, that, uh, you know, a Rodgers-esque arm or something like that, but it's, it's giving him time off. And I think we've learned that, you know, if he goes and gets six outs, he's going to struggle in his next outing and not be as good, right? Trevor May has been better with a little more rest. I mean, I think that would probably work for any of those guys going down the line. I, it's also just unfortunate that I think people just kind of forget about guys like Heldenberger, and it's, it's totally reasonable because he was, you know, he was injured for a while, and he really struggled last time everyone saw him. But we are, yeah, we're right by beautiful Fenway Park. Uh, even though I'm excited for Heldenberger to come back, I am going to have to drop off this call in a little bit to figure out how to get into the park. On yeah. But, uh, you got time for one more? Okay, sounds so, good. So I want to ask you, let's say the postseason begins today. Everyone is healthy. We'll just go by position. You don't have to do order. Who, let's say the Twins are facing a righty. It's Justin Verlander, hypothetically, or Masahiro Tanaka. How does your first game of the playoffs lineup look, position by position? So catcher, I've got Mitch Garver. I assume you would agree. Yep. I've got Marwin Gonzalez at first base instead of C.J. Crone. Interesting, and that's because of the recent, or you know, how he's played recently. Well, and then just the matchups too. Yeah, I don't know the Crone hits left righties all that well, and yeah, I, I want to have him in there if I have to choose. I have Luis Arise at second base, Polanco Sano, Rosario Buxton, Kepler, and Cruz. I think that's pretty standard. But I think yeah, Marwin for me, playing first and probably batting like seventh. That's off the top of my head. I don't know. That would be kind of how I would go. What, what would you do differently? Would you have Crone in there? Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of how mine would be different. I, I realize I'm in the loudest part of Boston, I think, possible. But um, the, uh, uh, did, you, did you put Buxton in center? I mean, you think oh, yeah. he'd be ready to go? Well, then, yeah, this is, this yeah, is human health. So. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the biggest contention is Marwin. I would get him in somehow. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that, you know... I assume a rise could be game seven of the World Series. He's treated like spring training. I mean, I, I don't think I think that guy's mentality is just he's going to go out there and hit mm-hmm. whoever's throwing it to him. But uh, you know, I guess if you're a little worried and want to protect him, I guess you could you know fudge around there and, and take him out of the lineup. But I, yeah, I mean, I kind of get where you're going there, and I think the only problem is it's going to create kind of a rift with Crone. And if you want any relationship with him outside of you know this year. Um, you know, I, I think him and his agent would be like, well, you're not taking me too seriously. If I, you know, I'm a veteran player, I've hit, you know, 30 home runs in, in the past mm-hmm. and I'm not in the playoff lineup. I guess the only, that's the only real hesitation I have. And I guess Marwin would be a weapon off the bench, but, yeah. um, I, I, I value yeah, Marwin I more over, over Crone in that situation though, because Crone isn't a free agent until after yeah. next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that, that's the only qualm I have, or the only thing I think you quibble over. Otherwise, the best thing about the Twins this year is outside of, obviously, some some pitching <laughs> troubles. When it comes to hitting, you know who's going to kind of deliver for you. Mm-hmm. And you also know that, look, I think Willems could get into a playoff game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right. even, the, even the depth will come through. So, I don't know. I think, you know, I also think Rocco could probably handle that pretty well and tell Kern that, 
maybe he'll hit situationally or something like that. But right. he, you know, him and Scope have been the two guys that, as free agents, you're like, this started out great, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of it kind of looked like a great pickup, and now I don't know what you you do with them beyond this year. Uh, right. You know, right. it just seems seems like you'd rather give that opportunity to younger players. Yeah. But, well. Tom, thank you so much. Find your credential, find your clubhouse, and find your seat in the press box. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop on Friday in the flesh, it sounds like, in advance of Cleveland joining the Twins in Twin Cities. We'll see what the lead looks like. We'll see what Tom looks like, how weather-beaten and wind wind uh, tussled he is and how road-weary he is. But, Tom, we'll see you on Friday, and thanks for coming on. See you then. You got it. So, Bales, Wow. That was fun. What more can you say? <laughs> Apologies if Tom sounded like he was underwater. I'm not sure if he was in the harbor fetching the tea or what exactly he was doing, but kudos to Tom Schreier for risking his Uber rating to be on the show. I have a 5.0 rating, by the way. Six rides, 5.0. Nice. Not exactly an extensive ride history, as I was explaining to you while Tom was arguing with his Uber driver, I guess. I don't know what he was doing. Um, that was the first time I ever – I've never taken a cab, and that was the first time I've ever taken an Uber. And when I was leaving, I had to leave my hotel, which – have you ever seen the TV show Shit's Creek? Yeah. That was, what, that was the hotel I stayed in except it was two levels, and I was upstairs. And, like, I would go to sleep at night just hoping I'd wake up in the morning. <laughs> During the daylight, it was fine, but I was on the north side, north of the water. And so it wasn't great. And it was a $20 Uber to <laughs> the ballpark every day, and then Doe and Betsy picked me up and took me to Bradenton – an hour down the road because I'm not going to Uber 60 miles to or 70 miles to Bradenton. But yeah, that was the first time perfect Uber rating. So Tom, what now? I don't think, I don't think we get paid extra for our Uber rating when we file our reports, which I will be going to Kansas city at the end of the year. Bales, have you ever been to that park? I have not. No, I have been to Kansas city though. You're you'd have to pay your Brett Phillips homage by going is Milwaukee. he still is he still up in the big leagues? I haven't been. I think he's a sep- I think he's a September call up. So, okay. what I'm wondering is if the Twins will have clinched by then, or if I'm going to get sprayed with champagne down there. Maybe the Twins will clinch here, and I'll get sprayed by champagne. Yeah. But Tom seems to get all the wet games, so that's probably going to be his cross to bear. So before we take off, and now that we're not bound by Tom Schreier and his apparently wireless cell phone. I'm going to go over my lineup for game one of the postseason, assuming the Twins make it. Nothing to be taken for granted, but we didn't want Tom to be put on the spot with having to do his actual lineup. So I think, you know, my my decision to put Marwin Gonzalez at first base is probably a little bit unpopular, but I don't care. (laughs) So the other thing that I would do that might be a little unpopular is have Luis Arise hit leadoff. He's got a 404 on base percentage as of today. I know Max Kepler has been terrific out of the leadoff spot, but this guy's going to hit 40 homers. He's going to drive in 100 runs. He's taken a ton of walks relative to what he's done before, but why not maximize his ability in the three spot or right in front of Nelson Cruz or right behind Nelson Cruz? Split up Cruz and Sano. You can still do the lefty-righty bit if you want. So here's how I would go. Game one, again, assuming it's Justin Verlander or Masahiro Tanaka, or whoever you want to guess. So, Luis Arise leading off and playing second. Batting second, I'm going to have Jorge Polanco at short. So I guess that means batting third. I'm going to go with Nelson Cruz batting third. Then we're going to go with Max Kepler batting fourth. 
Miguel Sano batting fifth, Mitch Garver batting sixth, Eddie Rosario batting seventh, Marwin Gonzalez batting eighth, and then that would leave Byron Buxton to bat ninth. I think, Bales, one through nine, assuming you've been listening, and even if you haven't, that's fine. Pretty I much, have, yes. Pretty much the Twins lineup that it's been when Byron Buxton has been healthy in the second half, yeah. which has been about a half a minute. Is he uh, going to be ready? I think so. I think they're going to ramp him up to the point where he's going to be swinging. Like, so he's playing defense now. Okay. Playing the Fenway center field is going to be kind of a baptism by fire because that's got the point and sure. everything. And they've got Lamont Wade playing left There's field. There's a real big wall for him to run into. Yeah. <laughs> Torrey Hunter actually broke his ankle on that one year and ended oh, his man. season. I think it's 2005. Um, Lamont Wade, a rookie of all of four big league games played, is playing left field tonight. So that has potential to not be <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. The only real benefit he has is that he's played in Rochester all year, which is super close to Boston. Yeah. Well, relatively anyway. How much yeah. preparation can you do for a wall like that? I'm Are sure there drills you can do? Do you go out beforehand yeah, and yeah, throw they, balls they, off the wall? They and- usually will have like a hitting coach, or in this case, probably probably Tommy Watkins or Tony Diaz, so either the first or third base coach, because they kind of both yeah. double as instructors, hit the ball off the wall and have them go back and just play the carom. And I think the okay. carom is Smart. more deadened. It just kind of drops down. I don't think yeah. it's a bounce back thing. Yeah. So I think, you, you know, you'll get early work probably around now. Like they're yeah. probably out there right now. And then for batting practice, instead of just, uh, you know, going out and shagging wherever you want, where like yeah. Kyle Gibson will show off out there. Tommy Watkins will show off. Have you ever yeah. seen Tommy Watkins, like how he's built? I have not, no. So he's he's about, I'd say he's about 5'11", 225, 230, but it's all like in his midsection. He's just, he's sturdy. Like he's not, he's not what I would call fat, but he's, he does, he played like shortstop in third base and you'd look at his body type and you're like, it just, just doesn't make sense. He's pretty stocky, but he's just ripping around the outfield, making great plays. He's, he's only like three or four, maybe five years removed from playing in the minor leagues, but he and Kyle Gibson are a sight to behold out there. Yeah. I think Wade will probably play left field and treat those reps as, you know, in-game reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll help. It's it's probably not unlike the Metrodome was for first-time guys. Sure. Tracking the ball against a dumb cream-colored swastika <laughs> oh, roof. Do you remember that the, yeah. the roof looked like was, a swastika? It was, yeah, it was not great. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – I don't think it's going to be a huge disadvantage, but – I always liked the park down in Houston with that little hill. Now that it's gone. I, I love that. Though. Tells Hill. Yeah, I don't know why they got rid of that. I didn't like I mean, that at all. It's just you're waiting to blow out an ankle. I think like Lance Berkman went up there one time and like stumbled. And the, the, and the, still flag, the, yeah, the flagpole was in the field. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. There have been some baseball fields. I've I think, always wondered how much planning you could do for that sort of thing. and. It wasn't even like every ga- every game you had to run back there. It was just like yeah. you need to be prepared if you do. It's, it's situational. It's like running over a bullpen in yeah. Oakland. Yep. Are you a Packer fan? I'm a Steelers fan. Okay. But even back in the old days of Packers games, the goalposts were in play too. So it's yep. not unlike yep. that. I have to stop Packers because they've got more of an old tradition, although the sure. Steelers are probably just as old. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah there, there were a lot of parks back in like the 30s where the bullpen would be like in deep left center or whatever, like in play, yeah, in fair territory yeah, sometimes. Even today, like the ones that are on the in the foul. Yeah, like the, that's the, so weird. The Metrodome had that too. I mean, so now they're all, and now the Cubs is actually inside. Yeah, you have, and and if you're just chilling or if you're like warming up in the bullpen, you have to like be aware, like you could just get yeah. taken out by a ball. Well, that's the so the guy that protects them, 
I'm trying to think of what that's called, but you, you basically co you cover them or whatever. Yeah. There's a guy that is to catch all the screamers hit over there. Sure. It's like the ball boy, but you're protecting them. Yeah. And then you so basically you just, have to just like shout see, if there's like anything you can't get. Service, like yeah. You have to step in front of the bullet. Well, you have a glove, but sure, yeah. it's if you were maybe like Willie Randolph, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. let it hit you. Or Keston Hira. <laughs> sure, yeah. Just let it Keston Hira chest, hit the yeah. chest and then yeah. you know sling it over there. But we, we've gotten a little off track, but I think it's still been good. Anyway, so people know my twins lineup. I did ask on Twitter. People sent out the tweets. And I just want to see how people have differed from me. Let's see. Andrew Woodard wants a rise. Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Sano, Rosario, Garver, Crone, and Buxton. And he says he can make a strong case for Marwin over Crone. Boy, that's an awfully familiar lineup there. Sure. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Nodak Twins fan says Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Sano, Crone, Garver, Rosario, Arise, Buxton. I'm not sure about Arise hitting seventh. Sorry, eighth. I think I'd want him a little higher up there. And that's why I think Kepler hits third or fourth. You just got to kind of get that power out there. Tom Schlafer wants a rise. Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Gonzalez in left field. Whew. Garver, Sano, Crone, Buxton. He says he left Rosario off because he isn't moving well defensively and in, is in a hitting slump, but that can all change in a week. Plus, Rosario off the bench might be great facing a righty in a key spot. True, but who are you hitting for? That's the other thing with this team. Like, So the Twins have a strong enough team where 10 or 11 guys are starting caliber. And so you start like, oh, this guy could pinch hit. And then you look at the lineup and you're like, yeah, but who are you hitting for? Yeah. That's also part of why I think it makes sense to have a speed guy like Ian Miller. I mean, you remember Terrence Gore on the on the Royals? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ger Gerard Dyson? Yep. I don't know if the Brewers ever had a designated speed guy. Nigel Morgan? <laughs> Not even really him. He was a different kind of speed, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, designated speed guy, you know, with a 25-man roster. And again, you don't have to be built for regular season play. Yep. You can kind of mix and match and, you know, assuming you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings by leaving them off the roster. If somebody gets hurt, you can swap somebody in. Yeah. It is pretty fluid and pretty easy to do that. So the Twins do have a speed guy like that. But then are you going to run for Cruz in the ninth inning of a close game, knowing that his spot could come back up in extras? Sure. There's a lot of things. And I know you like NL rules. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. pitchers hitting and all that. That's the part of AL managing that's probably the most complex is, you know, you pinch run for a guy on first with one out and then there's a double play. You did yeah. you waste it? If it's two outs and a runner on first, do you pinch run? If it's a runner on second, you know, the, the outs and the situation and who you replace them with defensively and all that, it can be a little more complicated. It's still not NL style ball necessarily, but that's, that's one complication that I'm sure will arise somehow during the postseason. I do want to see, let's see. Minnesota Twin Pinions got Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Sano, Rosario, Garver, Arise, Crone, Buxton. Again, Arise in the bottom third. I'm just not sure about that. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else. Sean Martins says Arise, Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Garver, Rosario, Sano, Gonzalez, Buxton. So he's got Sano seventh. I think that's maybe a little low for me. But he put Polo for Polanco. I'm not, I don't like the nickname Polo for Polanco. That just doesn't, no. doesn't work for me. Pola, Pola, Polo. Polanco. Georgie. Uh, yeah. uh, the one I like is yeah, Georgie. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I heard him Weird. called. I think Ron Gardenhire called him Georgie. Maybe it was Paul Molitor. But or we could just call him by his name, Polanco. Yeah, we don't need we, nicknames. We don't, it's yeah, not like we Jorge. Don't need to shorten it up. Jorge doesn't need to be shortened up. No. Sam Cleveland says Arise, Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Rosario, Garver, Sano, Marwin, Buxton. Yeah, I think that's exactly what mine was. 
He wants Marwin at third and Sano at first, but doesn't think that that's a good trade-off. I think that's fair. Let's see if there's anybody else that put one in. Otherwise, we will go with also what um, – I also asked what people's angst levels are. They're not as high. They're not as high. Can yeah. you believe that? You know. And Yeah, I've been perusing Reddit, and people are pretty level-headed. Yeah, Reddit. It's kind of lame, honestly. Pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. It, Sam Cleveland's a 5 out of 100. But on the flip side, the Brewers – subreddit and brewer's twitter is just in shambles right now milwaukee so. is burning it's so it's rough i don't even want to talk about what it. what are their playoff odds right now like five not five percent zero yeah. for me it's just it's been a really ugly couple weeks they can't beat chicago or st louis and that's a problem yeah that's a huge problem if you want to get anywhere is st louis they also had some they had a pretty tough umpire yesterday there were some, the strike three on uh, Yelich. On Yelich, yeah, I saw that. It was bad all day. And then Yelich, Yelich was so mad he took off all his clothes and posed in the ESPN body <laughs> issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see the Relax Roxanne tweet? Oh, yeah. That was and amazing. That was, and then he changed his walk-up song to Roxanne. Roxanne. It was incredible. I'm yeah. thinking I'm thinking Roxanne didn't see the Deadspin story about Christian Yelich a couple years ago if she wants to talk about that. Uh, yeah. About if him. you want to know how the Brewers have been playing the last two weeks, that Roxanne thing was a story. So people are. It might have been. It might have been the highlight. Looking, yeah, people are just looking for a reason to not watch anymore. It's it been. It might have been the highlight of the last tough. couple of weeks. So Noah Troutman says, "Arise, Polanco, Cruz, Kepler, Sano, Garver, Rosario, Gonzalez, Buxton." Again, pretty much, pretty much the same as mine, I think. And then John Johnny O eighty four says, "Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Sano, Crone, Garver, Scope." Buxton trusting Arise and Gonzalez in pinch hitting roles. So he wants to see Jonathan Scope in the postseason playing for the second year in a row. And you are shaking your head over there. Yeah, it'll it'll go great. Trust me. Yeah. I know from experience. So Sam Cleveland hit us with a five. He's not going to worry too much about hoping everyone stays healthy down the stretch. I respect it. I'm not sure how many how many of these answers we got. Wasn't as many. Let's see. Megan Knops, I think it's Knops, says that with a five and a half game lead, this is the best I felt about the squad in a long time. Just hoping for good health for the boys. She's one of the most dedicated fans I've seen on Twitter. I always like people like that. Most Wait, is she more confident with a five game lead than she was with an 11? <laughs> Here, though, th this, seems, this time of year, weird. though, with, with yeah, how many games true. There have are elapsed. fewer games, but still. Yeah, yeah. And well, in Cleveland, yeah, I get where you're <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But Cleveland also has pitched just incredible. Yeah. And you watch the hard part about scoreboard watching, and I said this on a radio hit I did today, anytime the team you're watching is playing a Detroit or a Chicago, you're like, they're not getting any help today, are they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 3-1 game turns to 4-1 to 10-3 before you know it. You go, yeah. you know, you walk away for a few minutes to put, put my daughter to sleep, and all of a sudden it's 10-3, and you're like, well... So much for watching that game. Yeah. Uh, so how many head-to-head -head games are there left between the Twins I think and the it's Indians? Six. Six. Okay. Three here, three there. And Tom, I, Tom, when he was above water, yeah. you know, he's he's like Super Mario, the first level, yeah, 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 yeah. and then like the, that other level we go under. When he was above ground, I believe he said that he was going to Cleveland too. Okay. So I've never been to Cleveland. I've only been to Boston once, and that was in like 2006. So I don't know how much Fenway has changed, but I also bet they don't have very. Is good it allowed to change? Isn't it like? Yeah, it's a historical place. It's yeah. over 100 years like old. Changing Wrigley or changing... Wrigley changed, though. They yeah. they renovated the clubhouse. So September would have been really bad. I was there in late June, and 
the, I have shoe boxes at home bigger than the clubhouse for visitors. <laughs> and then the home yeah. clubhouse has like LED lights down the strips of each, like dividers of the lockers sure. and nice nameplates. And in the middle has what it looks like a bar. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> like if it's where guys can sit and eat their food and then go yeah. back to their locker. Like literally the difference between a, a 2040 futuristic clubhouse and a yeah. 1940. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was talking to, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, uh, Dan Altavilla, who pitches for the Mariners today, and he said they renovated it. So yeah. this is his first time at Wrigley. But with expanded rosters, think about having 35, 36 guys for the Twins right now. Imagine if they were playing at Wrigley in September. That'd be tough. Yeah, there'd be no way. So anyway, it's uh, I don't know how we got onto that subject. but yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> are, the, are, the, are the Cardinals going to hold off? The Brewers I, and the Cubs? I, th- I think they are. Yeah, I don't know. I think I still think the Cubs have something left in them. Um, They're not showing it much lately, though. Yeah, if they fix, if they could fit basically everyone, if they could figure out their pitching, if mm-hmm. everybody could figure out their pitching, it'd be a different league. But you know, you Darvish um, was figuring it out, and now he's got a forearm issue, and nobody knows if he's yeah, yeah, yeah. just a little dinged up or if he's gonna have Tommy John surgery and miss all the next year. Nobody Man, knows. it's still. I'm wearing a Luke Roy Brewer shirt today. Oh, it's still so right. weird yeah, watching seeing right. him in a Cubs jersey. Um, what would it be weirder, a Cubs jersey or a Cardinals jersey for him? Uh, I Cubs. I think if it was a Cardinals, I would just be mad. Um, Cubs, what about, what about next year when he's with the Pirates? Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll be a fun race between. I think I, the Brewers could still surprise me. They still have a really powerful offense that could make things happen. But I think it's pretty much down to St. Louis and the Cubs. And I think it'll be a fun race. No, oh, hey, how surprised were they released Jeremy Jeffress? I'm really bummed about it. I think. It's been the writing's been on the wall for a little while. Um, he hasn't quite been the same since the last well, postseason. Yeah, yeah, he's hurt now, and it's just um, it. It's unfortunate. I they've now moved on from uh, Chasin, Jeffress, Travis Shaw's having a really bad year. Like it's just. Uh, I think I said a couple weeks ago, if you think your window's open, jump through it because yep. you never yep. know what can happen, especially when you're not a major market team. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah, so. Two Twins fans that are more worried about, oh, you got to win the World Series this year. First of all, have you watched the last decade? Second of all, yeah. next year might just not be as as smooth sailing. Yeah. Maybe Chicago figures it out. Maybe Cleveland hangs on yeah. for your life. Enjoy this, Twins fans, as yep. long as it goes. Yep. Let's have some fun. Whether it ends in the first <laughs> week of October or the last, it's going to be a fun ride. We're going to be there with you every step of the way. I don't know yeah. if we'll be able to travel for postseason stuff, but we should have credentials for home postseason stuff. But for Tom Schreier... Trying to navigate his way through Fenway Park, we assume finding his way with his luggage. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun to have carrying with him tonight. I think punishment should be carrying your luggage down to the clubhouse and with you everywhere you go, sure. like a rookie hazing. Like, yeah. Did you see the Twins wore uh, NFL jerseys? I did, yeah. I think and another I saw, team. Oh, uh, Seattle did too. Um, Nelson Cruz, I guess the September call-ups didn't get the memo that they were all wearing uh, NFL jerseys. Well, and try buying one on a thousand dollar salary a month. Yeah, so he gave somebody like a clubhouse worker his credit card and said, "Go out and buy these new guys' jerseys." Um, so imagine, that, made, that made the rounds on Twitter the other day. Imagine I saw. a clubhouse dude that looks like you or me with a credit card that says Nelson Cruz. Yeah, it's like and on, buying seven, eight NFL jerseys. Yeah, like, just it's like on. Do you ever see bench warmers where the kid has a lo- note that says, "I am 12? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I am, I am, I am Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Cruz. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think though, because they were in Detroit, that's why you saw so many Detroit Lions jerseys on guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there aren't a lot of Calvin Johnson retro fans. Probably not. 
Miguel Sano was rocking a Saquon Barkley. That was yeah. interesting. That's Lots a, of Vikings ones, too. Yeah, a lot Hometown of way too, way too many Kirk Cousins. Um, hey, Erlacher. Erlacher. He could have a good year. Hold out help. Well, yeah. No Packers. I didn't see any Steelers. No. I, I would rock a Juju Smith Schuster, though. He's a. Yeah. He's I have a, a Le'Veon decent. Bell jersey that's in my closet. What size is it? Uh, large, extra uh, large, maybe. That's not helpful. Yeah, I'm rocking a Chris Chambers today. I believe he went to sure. Wisconsin. Sure. So it's that's kind of my thing. I'm wearing weird jerseys up to the football season, and it's just kind of my thing at my office. So anyway, again, thank you to Tom for figuring out most of how to call us. Thank you to Bales for navigating that while having other stuff to work on. This is Brandon Warren saying thank you so much for checking out Midwest Swing. Check us out on Friday. Tom will be back in the flesh. We'll be preparing for Twins and Cleveland. But until then, so long. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. 